This podcast is created for you by GrieveWell, a nonprofit offering grief resources and services to adults in grief. Visit www.grievewell.com to learn more about our services and how we can support you through your grief journey. Welcome to the club for people who have lost people, a space for anyone to join in and an open conversation about grief and the unique journey we go on after a loss. Put on your headphones, pull up a chair, and let's talk about grief. Hello everyone, my name is Haley and I will be your host today. Welcome back to the second episode of Welcome to the Club for People Who Have Lost People. On the last episode, we talked a lot about what to expect in grief. It gave a little bit of backstory on what grief can be like for a variety of people and what grief was like for me. On this episode, we will be talking about what people should and shouldn't say. It goes further into depth on how we can support someone in grief through our actions, what we do and what we say and the impact that our words and actions can have on someone that's in grief. For this topic in particular, I really relied on those around me. What are some things that people should and shouldn't say to those who are in grief? I asked that question to basically anyone I came into contact with. I asked my friends, I asked my family, I asked classmates, professors, and of course the staff members at GrieveWell. What I found when I asked this question to people was that every grief journey is unique. Every individual that I talked to, whether I had known them for my entire life or had known them for two semesters, was different because everyone's grief journey is different. I went into this journey of creating a podcast with an open heart and an open mind because I knew that I would be talking to people who had experienced grief in a way that I had never experienced it. So I'll kick it off with all of the things that I compiled that people said you shouldn't say. The number one thing on my list of the things you shouldn't say was expected. I know exactly how you feel. Most of the time when someone says this, it isn't meant to be malicious. They are trying to offer their hand in support. They want you to know that they're there for you. However, those words don't take into account that everyone's grief journey is different. No one knows exactly how you feel except for yourself. When someone says something like, I know exactly how you feel, you honestly feel even more alone. From my own experiences, when someone would say that to me, I would retreat from all social interaction. I wouldn't want to talk to anyone about anything because it was really hard for me to put my emotions into words in the first place, let alone when someone would say they knew exactly how I felt. One of my friends said it best in terms of how this makes someone in grief feel. No one can know exactly how you feel because that relationship with the person you lost was exactly that, your relationship. When she said that, it clicked. Everyone that I talked to 
had their own unique experiences with someone saying, I know exactly how you feel because they were trying to put themselves in the shoes of that individual. And there's no way for us to do that because while you're grieving, as we stated in what to expect in the previous episode, you're grieving more than just the person. You're grieving all of those secondary losses. So no one can ever possibly know exactly how you feel. The second thing on my list of things not to say is a little bit more complicated to explain. Beginning any sentence with at least is probably a bad idea. Don't try to lessen their grief. A lot of times people say things like, at least they're in a better place. At least they're no longer in pain. Or any sentence that begins with at least is just a bad idea. There is nothing that hurts more than those around you not truly listening to you. And when people say things like at least, followed by a myriad of other things, they minimize the loss that you experienced. Through my conversations with other people, I learned how harmful the words at least truly are. Things like, at least you can move on, at least you're still here, are not comforting. They don't help that individual work through their grief. Least is something that is meant to be small, right? So something that you are making smaller or trying to say there's something better on the horizon. That's something you might say to someone who just lost a baseball game. At least you have the next one. But after grieving and being in grief and living with grief, I have kind of taken it upon myself to eliminate that phrase from my vocabulary. Because at least is minimizing that individual's feelings. I used to say it. I'm the first person to say I used to say at least they're in a better place. At least they're no longer in pain. And I used to tell myself those things. Until I turned around and I realized those words were not helping me. What came out of those and when my friends and my family would say them to me was... At least they're there for support. At least they're listening. At least I have someone to lean on. And then I realized, why am I minimizing my support system? My support system is amazing. It's not an at least thing. If I feel uncomfortable with them saying, at least she's in a better place, I can just tell them, right? And I could. It's important to remember what words like at least mean to someone who is in grief. At least it doesn't take into account the emotions that an individual is feeling and experiencing due to a loss. The third and final thing that I would like to point out that shouldn't be said or done is one of the most important ones in my opinion. Don't avoid the loss because of your own discomfort. That is something that I learned specifically well here at Grievewell. Death and loss and dying are topics that frequently make people uncomfortable. They don't always want to talk about their feelings, nor do people want to hear about them. 
but avoiding it can be very harmful to the person you are trying to help. By trying to change the subject, you might push that individual away from disclosing how they feel to you. And although you really care and you might be trying to distract the individual from the loss, there is no amount of distractions that can get you through grief. It's okay if you're uncomfortable, but let that individual know that they're still able to talk to you and that you are there to listen. I'll quickly run through the three don'ts one last time. Don't say I know how you feel. Make sure you don't start sentences with at least. And don't avoid the loss because of your own discomfort. Interestingly enough, all of the materials that I gather through conversations with people on things people should and shouldn't say or should and should not do, I realized most of those things were already present in Grievewell's material. The three things that I discussed you shouldn't do or say are just the beginning of a very long list. (laughs) If you are interested in knowing more things that can be harmful that you're saying or that you're doing, go ahead and check out www.grievewell.com and there is a tab dedicated to how to support someone in their grief journey. There's also a tab dedicated for grievers who are looking for other resources. So our website is an amazing resource because this is just the tip of the iceberg on things people should and shouldn't say. So now we'll kind of just discuss things that are helpful to those who are in grief. So what should you say and what should you do? The number one thing that I heard from those I talked to was the importance of having a good listener. I don't just mean someone who will listen to your problems. I mean a compassionate listener, someone who is there as a support. The very definition of compassionate is feeling or showing sympathy and concern for others. When we kind of take apart that definition, it really relies on having the strength and courage to allow someone to release their emotions. Being a compassionate listener allows the person that is in grief to understand that you are there because you care. It's not a requirement but you're reaching out and showing compassion to that individual, and that in itself is invaluable. Anyone has the capabilities to be a compassionate listener. It doesn't have to be someone that's in the helping profession. It can be a family member or a friend. The individuals in my life that were compassionate listeners still remain in my life. My very best friend, who was there through my, by my side through absolutely everything, is still my best friend who is there by my side through absolutely everything. As I've stated before, grief is something that doesn't go away. It is something that becomes a part of us. And with that being said, that brings me to my second should do, or should say. And this is simply just being there for the long haul. As I have stated before, grief is not something that is linear. It can take time, and there is no time limit on grief. Being there for the long haul means being able to sit with someone who is in grief at different points in their life. 
What I mean by that is grief resurfaces at different times. So for me, it resurfaced when I graduated from high school, when I moved into my first apartment, when I got my first job, starting my internship, just a variety of other things. When this grief would resurface and I wanted to speak to my mom, I turned to those around me because I knew that they were there for the long haul. Many of the individuals that I spoke with shared the same sentiment, the importance of their support system and how long they had had that support system. This wasn't the support system that was made of the people that showed up to the funeral or reached out immediately following the loss. It was the people that continued to show up three months, six months, a year, two years, three years down the line. Those people are the ones that showed they were in it for the long haul. There are a variety of ways you can show you're in it for the long haul. One is reaching out. Never underestimate the power of a phone call or a text message. Never underestimate the power of a conversation. That leads me to the third thing that you should do or say to someone who is in grief. And that is, I'm here for you. When you tell someone, I'm here for you, it may start a conversation on what exactly that means. But know that those four words are enough. Those four words played a very important role in my grief journey. I'm here for you represented the people that I knew I could count on. And while talking with other people who have been on their own grief journeys, I'm here for you were the words that were said by those who wanted to listen. They genuinely cared about what that individual had to say and were willing to listen to the individual talk about their loved one. I'm here for you was that representation of knowing that they would be there in the darkest of times and be there again when you experience happiness. I'm here for you was a simple four-word phrase that was the most comforting. This topic of death and dying and loss and grief is something that we don't talk about enough. It's a conversation that we need to remove the stigma from. Talking about our loved ones and things we've lost, people we've lost, is normal. Grief is normal. When we can talk about those things in public and have conversations about what we're feeling, it's almost freeing. It's been seven years since I lost my mom, and I think the most comforting thing to hear still is I'm here for you. As we start to wrap up, we'll review a few of the things that have been said on today's podcast. Think of the things you've learned today on what you should and shouldn't say or should do and shouldn't do. When we look at the things we shouldn't do and shouldn't say, three things pop out again the most. Don't say, I know how you feel. Or start sentences with at least. And don't avoid the loss because of your own discomfort. On the other side of the coin, some things you should do are things like being a compassionate listener. 
being there for the long haul and saying things like, I'm here for you and reaching out. Understand that every grief journey is different. There is no roadmap to it. Remember this is just the tip of the iceberg on things you should and shouldn't do and things you should and shouldn't say. There are a variety of other things that are appropriate to do and say, and there are a variety of other things that are inappropriate to do or say. But the most important thing is that we remember everyone grieves differently. There's no time limit. It's not a linear process. So we have to respect that. Respect the individuals that are in grief or grieving or dealing with grief in any way, shape, or form. That brings us right into our self-care quote of the day. Talk to yourself like you would to someone you love by Brene Brown. When I first read this quote, I started to analyze my life and how I speak to those around me. Do I show them enough love? Do I show them that I care enough? How do my words convey what they mean to me and how I feel about them. Then I read the quote again, and instead of focusing on the second half, I focused on the first half of the quote. Talk to yourself. And I thought about all of the ways I've been talking to myself lately. Have I been giving myself positive affirmations? Have I been showing myself the same love and kindness that I would show my friends and family? I chose this quote in particular to end this podcast because today we talked about all of the things we should and shouldn't say to those in grief. But we also need to remember we need to treat ourselves with kindness, love, and respect. As you go on about your week, I challenge you to be aware of what you are saying to yourself. Are they positive affirmations? Do you post post-its throughout your apartment or home that say things like, I am strong. I am confident. I am kind. I am compassionate. I really just challenge you this week to be aware of how you are referring to yourself and talking to yourself in your moments of downtime. That brings us to the end of our second podcast. I appreciate you for tuning in to listen And I hope you have a wonderful week. Thanks again. This podcast is created for you by GrieveWell, a nonprofit offering grief resources and services to adults in grief. Visit www.grievewell.com to learn more about our services and how we can support you through your grief journey.